business is meant to be fun. If you're not having fun, either you're doing it wrong or you shouldn't be in business, period. There's always going to be things, it's called life, that you have to do that you don't want to do. We got to pay taxes, got to go to the dentist. There's always going to be things you don't want to do. So it's not about 100% of the time, all the time, but by and large, it needs to be fun. And if you're not having fun, something's got to change. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Oh, man, this is a good one. I just had this incredible speaker speak at our Girlfriends in Business event, and he rocked everyone's world. You guys, James Wedmore is my guest today. But before I tell you his freaking awesome intro, I want to remind you to grab the Power Nine if you haven't yet. I've never had so many people, because I'm working really hard on getting this out there because it's changed my life, message me and say, this is changing my life. I had no idea something so quick could be this effective. So if you want the Power Nine, the thing that Chris and I have been doing for the past 10, maybe 15 years. I don't even know. It's all a blur because we do it every single day of our our lives. You can do it in less than two minutes. And I'm going to send this to you ASAP if you go and message me the word power on Instagram. So just make sure when you message me, don't write any other message. Just literally only write the word power and I will send you our power nine. It's a ritual you can do so easily in the morning or you can use them as journal prompts. Okay, let's talk about James. He has over 15 years experience as an expert running a consistent eight-figure a year online business, which you guys, that is pretty freaking incredible. He has spent the last decade teaching entrepreneurs how to launch and scale their digital businesses. I've had so many of my good friends go through his mastermind and not just that. I think that the giants in this digital marketing world, many of them have gone through his training because he's kind of the coach's coach. And he used to be known as the YouTube guy. He made it a name for himself teaching online experts how to leverage the power of video and YouTube marketing to reach more people, share their message, and convert more customers. And in 2016, that's when he made his focus on a big gap that's missing in the marketplace. And he really added mindset to entrepreneurship. So he launched a totally woo-woo podcast, which I love. I listen to it all the time. And I think he's freaking hilarious. It's called the Mind Your Business Podcast and his signature program, Business by Design. And And he just did his huge launch, which was absolutely banana cuckoo insane. I'm so freaking proud. And he helps coaches, experts, content creators, and authors not only to craft better marketing messages, but also how to ditch the hustle mentality. So you guys, let's get started on this podcast. James is like just this incredible, wise human being who I just... Yes, he's some of the best in the biz, but I wanted to really know how his brain works. So we kind of went all over the place, but I feel like you're going to get a really good gist of why he's able to be so successful and you're going to be able to pick up some ways of thinking that you're going to be able to do for yourself. So let's get started. James, welcome to Earn Your Happy. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. And thanks for having me in your home. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yo, this you is made very me special. clean this morning. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I got home from the gym. I'm like, oh crap, there's people coming uh-huh. over. <laughs> I'm so excited you're here. I feel like the creepy person who's like, no, I really feel like I know you when you walked through the door. And I'm like, okay, let's not forget he doesn't know who you are because 
I think most all of my friends have been through one of your courses or your masterminds, but you come up in conversation a lot in the entrepreneurial space and not to freak you out, but it's always good. Whew. Yeah. Okay. Not freaked out anymore. Yeah. That's good. What is that? What do you think that is? Like, what have you set in your life that has said, Hey, I'm going to have this incredible reputation. Like, how do you, how does that happen? How does that happen? What my are the first, things that you live by? Well, my first thing is um, we learn so much from our parents, don't we? My dad was uh, in real estate and uh, I saw how hard he worked. So I learned a lot from my dad about what I wanted and what I didn't. There's a whole world to unpack of that. But he was actually like really big on reputation and class and integrity. And it was just, it was pounded into you like, he didn't care what we did. He's just like, but if it came to affecting his reputation, you know what I mean? As, as, as his realtor, that was big. And there's a really interesting line of like, I don't care about reputation from a, an ego standpoint, but I do say that there's a level of integrity. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability every single time. I'm going to give that 100%. And I think what's allowed me to do that is... I struggled for so long that I have a Rolodex of failures and memories and experiences that I can pull from at just about every level of this business. So I can be like, yep, I know. I remember when I was there and I figured a lot of it, I just figured it all out myself, inevitably the slow rate. And I just really love helping people do that a little faster than how I did it. So maybe that's what it is. But my huge emphasis is like, when you're clear on your your purpose and your dharma and that's your your work to deliver to the world that just becomes your target and and I want to help people and this is what helped me so I'm going to help you and I'm going to do it the best way I can and it must have had some people say some good things so it's <laughs> working somehow and I'm very I'm very grateful to hear that so thank you yes okay so on the other side of that I feel like sometimes when people are high achievers they are the people with great reputations that sometimes there's that thing in your life that when you let it kind of like the, the, let's say the dark side of the really good things, like the people pleasing side, do you feel like you're have people pleaser tendencies? Like what are some of the things that have made you or that feel like a big struggle mm -hmm. around that? Yeah. I've done an exercise several times over my life for it to elicit my values. And it was very interesting to see that achievement was not on there. I don't, I don't really look at that. What is high on my values for me is growth. And I think that is the secret hack for anybody listening is if growth, whatever personal, professional, spiritual growth became on your top three values that you can get through anything in your life because you see that it's just there to, to teach you something. But achievement wasn't there for me, was there as a huge, wonderful thing for me to, to uncover. And this was the thing that took me from, and this was 20. 2013, my business was at $280,000. I was the YouTube guy. And I built this business selling courses on how to do YouTube. And all of a sudden, the next year, we're at 1.2 million. And people always want to know, how'd you do it? What did you do? Well, what I did, Lori, was I let go of this way of being of needing so desperately to be liked. And everything I was doing in my business was from a need to be liked. I grew up very, so embarrassing, but I had no friends in high school. Um, I, I feel was, you. I, I was, was right with I you. I was total, total loser <laughs> to the point where I got booed off of the stage in my high school graduation. I know, poor pity me. So I didn't really have like, any friends all four years. And I just kind of kept to myself. And 
and developed a lot of insecurities until I discovered entrepreneurship and you realize like, oh, I'm just different. We need to honor our differences. But those insecurities and there's like something wrong with me manifested in a business of I can fabricate a character that will get people to like me. And if I get them to like me, then they'll pay me. And I cannot tell you how not true that is. The more I was getting people to like me, the more I had to be agreeable. I had to say what they already liked and I had to be vanilla. I couldn't rock the boat and I became more needy and more desperate. And that just repels and pushes away. And so the moment I switched from a need to be like as the target to a desire to help, I realized I don't need you to like me in order for me to help you. And people are listening here and on unconscious levels, a lot of people are saying, do I like this person? Do I like, do I like them? Do I resonate with them? And it's like, it doesn't really matter if you like me or not, but if I have something to say based on my experience that can be a value to you, then, then that's a win-win. And when I tapped into that, there was a whole nother power that got unleashed because there wasn't that filter anymore. There wasn't a, a hindrance or a hesitation in what I said and how I said it, the decisions I made. And that manifests in how you offer, you make your sales because how many of us think have already equated sailing as sleazy and I don't want to be looked at as sleazy or not liked, so I won't sell. And then you're like, why is my business not making money? Well, maybe that's it. And I just more powerfully stepped into that conviction of helping people and it just exploded the the business. Was that hard at first at all? Or were you kind of just like, I'm committed to this because you couldn't live the other way anymore? Yeah, it's it's going to be hard one way or the other, right? Yeah, and totally. I think it was getting hard that I felt like I was plateauing and there was something off. And once I observed it, and saw it, I was able to let go quickly. I think a lot of us as human beings have a really hard time letting go. We hold on to so many things so long, whether it's things that have happened to us in our past or certain programmings of things that we learned and we don't let go. And I will to toot my own horn only because success does leave clues. I think I'm really good at being the chameleon to life, like adapt or change to your environment of what is now necessary. And when I saw that, Cause things say invisible to us, you know, like I didn't, I was, I didn't know that I wasn't aware. I wasn't waking up every day consciously saying, I have a strong need to be liked. So will you like, it was just like, it just became a part of you, like a fish to water. The moment it became visible, I was like, yeah, that's done. Like drop that. And so it was easy. And I, I hope it's easy when people develop an awareness for things that are invisible to them to let that go too. But it is, it is hard for, for most of us. Okay, so we're switching for a minute. You love to have fun. I love uh, yeah, that about you. I'm like, tell me all the things. What's your Enneagram? What's your sign? What's yeah. your, I love fun too. It's like my North yeah. Star. Yeah. And first of all, we're going to get to the questions around fun and business because that can be Great. that can be a challenge yes. if you don't know how to start incorporating it. But what are the three, the top three most fun things you're doing in your life right now? Every day I'm playing guitar and that is the top of the top fun. I, okay. I started in May of last year. Okay. And I dove head first and I'm loving it every moment of it. I'm now I'm learning music theory. Okay. And I have wow, like that a, was fast. I know. And it's like blowing my mind. And so that's really fun. I am playing video games, which I never used to play because I always used to be like, this is a waste of my time and I'm not productive. So but you never played Paperboy? I did play Paperboy. Hold one. on. That was like <laughs> as a kid, of course, yes. I played Paperboy. But I'm playing Zelda with my seven year old nephew and he FaceTimes me. And he'll put on his phone and, and we'll play together. And oh, we'll, fun. Yeah. And that's, and that's really fun. And I would say the other third, third fun thing right now is I'm going to, I'm trying to cheat and do four as three is my, <laughs> we can do four. We okay. Okay. Four. My, my camper van and camping and, and mountain biking. Those okay. have been my, my, cool. My so where do you want to go this year? 
we have been wanting to go to, and I feel like I'm going to miss the season because we can't really travel until summer and I'm wondering if it's going to get too hot, but we've wanted to go to Moab and a few other places on the way. But I built this whole camper van. It's like a $200,000 camper van. I built it myself. It's got running water and um, elevated bed on a lift and, and refrigerator and heaters and air conditioner in it. And I built that during COVID. Most amazing experience of my life. I built a home and a car. And like, we haven't gotten to use it as much as we, we want. We go locally, but like, yeah. I want to go somewhere, mm-hmm. be off the grid. Oh, fun. We went to Moab, but it was very hot. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, it was, so, it was pretty toasty. So yeah, maybe what you mean. I know. Because <laughs> it was gorgeous. Arizona like, gets a little hot. It's just so hot, but this is real nice. And also learned how to play guitar, but stopped for a bit. So maybe you I'll did? Pick, yeah, maybe I'll pick it back up. When did you start? learning. I played it for about a year, but I was so slow with it that it frustrated me. So that's the thing is what I experienced was that there's certain plateaus or walls that you hit. Uh, And once you get past it, it's like it speeds up like a huge stair step. And that's what someone told me. So I just persevered. And then I started experiencing that. You have like this breakthrough with it. And one of the things I do, and I, I always like to, in my teachings, like share whatever is becomes a metaphor for, you know, what I'm teaching is what I'm applying in my life. And that was a huge one with guitar because so often we're working on our business and we don't see progress. Mm-hmm. We're doing and we're doing and we're doing. And then we say things like, I have nothing to show for it. That's such a common one. I have nothing to show for it. And it's like, no, you can't see yet what there is to show for it. It's like the plant, you know, you put the seed in the soil and it's like, it's germinating. It's doing all these things below the surface, but you can't see it yet. Don't go digging it up. But guitar was something where I could come back the next day and see some progress instantly. And I'm like, that's that feeling that we need to keep intentionally capturing because the brain does not like the fact that you're changing. It does not like progress because that takes us out of the familiar safety that we exist in. So you have to force yourself to say, look at how far I'm coming. Look at who I was. Look at where I am now. And guitar was just like a great way to be like, wow, if you just put any effort into anything, you immediately, the brain is just amazing. You just get better. It was one of, honestly, through the, I talked so much about it on my podcast during it because yeah, it was yeah. giving me these crazy epiphanies. Yeah, the whole yeah. Thing. and then people are asking you like, oh my like God. what song are you learning, yes. right? Well, yep. I'm like, I feel, I lived in Santa Monica at the time. My neighbors were like right next to me uh-huh. and I'd play in the backyard and I'm like, I just remember this. I was learning this song from A Star Is Born. And I just, oh, that's beautiful. Neighbors the whole time. I was like, tell me something, boy. Bring, bring. <laughs> and it was that I would sing it and say it over and over again, literally for weeks. And I swear to God, they were probably like, but you were learning to that sing one more time while playing. I was just doing it singing because that's, I, I own three karaoke machines. That's, that's all. Amazing. That's all you need to that's know about a, me. That's I love it. it. I love Okay. So what I'm really <laughs> hearing is that we're going to start a band. Is that? We are. Yes. Okay. You know what? I think I'm better at singing. So if yeah. you want to hold guitar. I got the guitar. Okay. Yep. I'll do that. Right now, as we, we speak, we are building a drum stage in my house. Mm, I played drums too for Did a, you a know short it? spurt. This is amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I need a drum stage because they need to be elevated yes. for the band. You all, you need to be floating up like yeah. is that Motley Crue where they, <laughs> right. yes, exactly. This is the whole. This is amazing. No, these are, it. if you want to know what my visions look like, you just yeah. got a glimpse into all of them. Yeah. So I'm so gonna, good. Yeah, we're good. We're on the same page. The yeah. Great. That's yeah. why when I like saw fun as your North Star, I'm like, oh, it really great, is. Let's talk. Okay. So with that, one of the reasons I started playing guitar is I literally needed to, our brains have so many areas that they want to 
play in that they want to experience. Yeah. I feel like our lives have so many areas. And sometimes as business owners, we can get so put in this box and we can be like, no, I'm having fun. Business is fun, but we forget to go into these other areas or these other parts of our brains. So for you, what would you say to people? Maybe something that you did to even in seasons of business where you want to be growing, you want to be scaling, you want to be reaching the goals. Is it still important to incorporate fun even during those times? And um, how did you do it? Both inside and outside of business, 1000%. I even tell people that business is meant to be fun. If you're not having fun, either you're doing it wrong or you shouldn't be in business, period. There's always going to be things, it's called life, that you have to do that you don't want to do. We got to pay taxes, got to go to the dentist. There's always going to be things you don't want to do. So it's not about 100% of the time, all the time, but by and large, it needs to be fun. And if you're not having fun, something's got to change. But something changed for me. So within, I'll tell you in a moment what changed, but here's what I would do in the business. I look at who I am. I am a big kid. Like when I say like playing with Legos or, or playing video games, like I, I'm, I really am a big kid and I just, I love to play. And I tend to get along more with like my friends, kids more than the like parents. I'm like, oh, you got the new Zelda Same. game, right? And, and like, I just want to like have fun and be a kid. And I love that about myself. And I always encourage people to bring in that more playful, like not, not take things so serious all the time. And then I'll get real serious for a moment. But then I'll get, you know, have more fun again. And I just noticed like, what would I do? And what do I do if I had all the time and all the money in the world and I just wanted to do what I wanted to do? And I started to take a note of those things. And I said, how do I incorporate those into my business? And I went to film school because I loved storytelling. I loved making videos. I was doing it as a kid. I was making stop motion claymation videos. I was taking my sister's dolls and my GI Joes and we were making animation videos with that. And I turned her into a superhero. She, her name was Plunger Woman in one video. And she... <laughs> <laughs> ran around with like underwear on the he her head and, and a plunger and a cape. And like, that was like what I would do as a little kid. And I was like, well, I want to bring that into my business. And so is that what you do now? With it's it's a lot cape? of what I do now. It's what I've always done now, but not, I hung up the plunger, but we have videos like we have. And, and I know, I think we're going to talk about like our launches and stuff. We have seven figure launches where I'm dressed up as Harry Potter and I'm flying a broomstick down my neighborhood. <laughs> and we spent two days figuring out how do we get James to actually fly a broomstick? And we figured it out and we did it. And I told my team, I was like, there was a cup that got filled, call it creativity, call it fun, call it both, that felt so good. And that was a blast. And I would spend two days doing that again. And I love that. It's a, there's a balance, of course, you know, but we're bringing that into our sales and marketing. We're bringing that into the content and the, that we deliver and teach. And I, and I love that. And I've had periods where we didn't have as much of that. And I was like, something's missing. And so that's the beauty that we have is like, how do I blend the both? But I also, I think an important message to say, I've gone on a, a spiritual path myself and, and grown tremendously. And that's, you know, one reason why I went to hippy dippy Sedoni, Arizona. And I work with a shaman that's helped me tremendously. And, and, I've, and I've grown a lot in other ways. And, and he said something to me, you know, we took this business to eight figures a year. And he said something to me about two years ago. And he goes, you know, you used to be your whole world was business. And business is the same for you, but now you have a whole new world beyond that. And I think that's a message I really want to share is that it's so easy for us to make it all business and that that's all that matters and that's all that is. And I've learned to mitigate that where there's not so much importance and significance in business that this is your life, your one short life. 
So go fucking live it. And the, the people in your life and the experiences that you're here to have and the lessons, and it's more than just, just business. And that's a really hard thing to, for me to say because I was this person that was like this obsessive all business. It wasn't like the workaholic, but it was like not the not workaholic. You know, it was like, it was a full day of work of crushing it and, and whatnot. But to soak up life outside of it has been such a beautiful gift for me and not allow it to affect the business either is, is just such a blessing. And I don't want anyone listening to get to a point in their life where they're like, life passed me by, but I have this business. It's like, you can have both. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that it also is huge for, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about launches in a little while, but I'm just, this is too much for me right now. I have too many questions, but I think it's better for your people who are following you too. There's been times in Exactly. There's been times in our career where I'm like, it kind of feels like our faucet of people is turning off. And I'm like, you know what? We're boring right now. Like nobody wants this life that we're saying is so great because we're not painting a great picture. We are stressed out and we look stressed out. We're losing like, you know, when we started, we were super healthy, super fit. Like we're kind of losing that right now. We went through a period where we got really serious as well. And yeah. you just think that's what it has to look like. And you know, if you want to grow to this next level, your life has to, you just have to get more serious. And so what ended up happening too, is we're like, we're boring. Like we're selling this life. No one's going to want it because it looks like it sucks. Like, Hey guys, I'm on zoom again all day long. Well, Don't you want this? Come follow <laughs> right. me. Come take right. my classes. You can sit on zoom too. Yeah. Like come get in prison. This is going to be so awesome <laughs> totally. for you. Like, yeah. I, I can't do it. And, and I do think ultimately anyone who's listening and they, they're the type of person that's like, I love helping people. I want to help more people. How often do you think about the people in your life? You give them advice all the time. They don't listen. You give the unsolicited <laughs> coaching. They don't take it. And so we go, okay, fine. I'll start a business and I'll help people that way. I've still to this day believe and have so many experiences of the biggest impact that you can have in another person's life is by modeling what's possible for them. And they learn through your example that you lead in the world. So they're watching you way more with their eyes than with their ears. And that is you know, something to always keep in the back of our mind of like, what's at stake is like, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to show you how it's done. And people pay attention to that. That's what I love about just the the past, let's say, I don't even know. I, I feel like it's really been like three or five years because there used to be so much for someone like me who likes to have fun. And also for someone who can't, like, I can't sit at a desk more than four hours. And I like my full eight hours of sleep. I remember thinking when I was listening to people who were like, you only sleep four to five hours and you work this whole time. I was like, I'm never <laughs> yeah. going to be successful no. because right. it doesn't work this way. Yeah. So I love that you give, you, you show, you really show, you can still do this. And actually for some people, it can be a lot better. So something that I love about you is that you talk about being woo-woo. You talk about being spiritual. You talk about all of those things and how it incorporates to your business. So my question for you is how much does your spiritual life and your journey play into your business success? It's all of it, a, th a thousand percent. I also learned from my dad about hard work and he was a workaholic and it was money doesn't go, grow on trees. You work hard, life sucks, and then you die. And so when I said, I'm going to start a business, I adopted that programming and I spent the first four and a half years. I got addicted to my sister's Adderall. I dropped down to 140 pounds. I, and I said, I will be the hardest working person on the planet with absolute conviction. I was like, 
I will outwork anyone and everyone. And that is why I'll be successful. And so I'd wake up at eight or nine in the morning, pop 20 milligrams, probably wouldn't eat more than one meal. It was like a sub six inch Subway sandwich because I couldn't afford anything more. So $5 foot longs. Yep. And then, well. I, yep, and then go to bed <laughs> at about two in the morning and I do it all again, seven days a week. I lost all friends. I had to move back in with my mom and dad and I spent four years and didn't make more than $10,000 a year each wow. year that I did that. Mm-hmm. So I tried that. I tried the 3D way. I tried the, if you just work hard and effort to be successful, you will. And it didn't work. Now there's a uh, beautiful woman outside of the podcast room that is my girlfriend now. And she was my girlfriend then. We have a 20 year beautiful synchronistic history together. And she comes into my life and she starts introducing me to all this weird shit. I mean, just <laughs> what the fuck? And I'll, I'll give you a specific example of it. So she's a trained psychic, a healer. She comes from a lineage of, of Native Americans, healers, and just like comes into my life. And I'm just like, I am the most logical 3D <laughs> person. I'm like, mm-hmm. you shut that up. Do not talk about You're that like, stuff around it. me. Prove exactly. It. <laughs> I wasn't even to prove it. I was just like, nope, it's this not provable. Nope. Get out. And then like, you know, okay, prove it. And I'll never forget the first experience I had was I was working, working in that, in that mode. And it was late at night and something like my computer crashed or it broke. And I just wasted hours of work. I think I was coding my own webpage, HTML, of you were. CSS, of course you were. And, it, and, it, and it broke. And I got so angry and so frustrated because that's all I knew how to be was push and be angry. And she just came. She didn't say a word. And she put her hand on the middle of my back and I fought so hard to stay angry, but it was like my heart just melted and I could feel like trying to stay angry, but I, it just was like melting. And I was like, what, what, what is, ha- what, is ha- what is happening here? And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. And she started introducing me to this stuff a little bit and I was very skeptical. So I have a lot of compassion for, for anyone who isn't, but I also believe that we're, we're here in, in our own ways to awaken to something greater of who we are is greater than just what we see in the mirror and whatever that means for anybody. And so that I started doing that. And she started taking me to, like I started learning like energy healing and Reiki and on all of a sudden things started changing and things started working for me in my life. And so I did use the objective scientist where I was like, I tried this and that didn't work and I'm trying this and it is. And one example of this is, you know, these books like The Secret had come out because this was, you know, this was about 2009 and people were starting to talk about this law of attraction mumbo jumbo and just close your eyes and manifest. And I hated that. It confronted me so much. You but weren't getting the parking spots you wanted? I was not getting the, I was Damn definitely it. not getting Damn the red it. Ferrari in the driveway. <laughs> yeah. Tried that one. But here was the game changer for me. And this was the first example that, that changed everything. So she and I started dating. We, we fell in love and, and her birthday was coming up. And she wanted tickets to Tony Robbins event, the UPW event. And it was in Long Beach, California. And I said, I said I'm going to get her tickets. This is going to be her birthday. It's going to be the best birthday gift ever. I go and call the Tony Robbins hotline. Tony didn't answer. Someone <laughs> else did. It. Tony, is that you? <laughs> and um, and they, I said, how much for two tickets? And they said, it's $1,000. I had $500 to my name. So I said, will you take a payment plan? They laughed at me on the phone. And so I go, okay, let me, let me check my finances. See what I can do. Well, what had happened is I'm sure you've had this happen where you forget to leave on. I had, I was trying to run Google AdWords. So I'd forgot that I'd left them on and they had just kept going and it had just, just withdrawn $500. I had less than a dollar in my bank account. So I was at like a rock bottom. I had about 30 something cents in there. I said, I can't even get her a card. I am the most pathetic person on the planet. So that was like a rock bottom, but she'd been 
sharing all this stuff with me and teaching it. And I'd been kind of rolling my eyes, being the typical guy that's very logical and has to stay masculine and not open to this stuff and be tough and all that stuff. And, and I had this moment where I realized if I want this to happen, maybe I don't need to focus on the money. I can just decide that this is going to happen. And because it's for somebody else, I can put my stuff aside and make it about her. She wants to be there. I don't have the money, but that doesn't mean we don't have to be there. And I just got quiet for a moment. And I like did this thing in my mind where I just said, I'm going to make this happen. And it was just this moment of what I later realized was you're stepping into your power and you're stepping into the present. And through your intent, you just decide that this is, this is happening. No doubt, a knowing. Just the same way you say, I'm thirsty, I'm grabbing some water. The same way we do this in micro ways throughout our day. And there's times. I mean, when I interview my customers who have had success and stuff, there's a common thing where they all said, I just knew it was going to happen. I just knew. And so that knowing is that power that we have of, of I am causing this. This is my intent. I will this to happen and it will. And so I just said, this is going to happen. It's because it's for her. I'm doing this for her. That's the love I have for her. Two days later, I decided to play tennis with a friend, which I shouldn't have because I was I got to get to work. I don't have any money. So I should be working 14 hours a day. But I said, fine, I'll go play tennis with you because it had been a while. And we start practicing our warm up. And, and she goes, what have you been up to? And I tell her, well, you know, I'm really trying to start this like video service. Like I'm trying to do videos for clients and stuff like that. And, and she goes, oh my gosh, we have a new software coming out. Will you make one for us? I said, yeah. And before I could say yes, she said, I'll barter Tony Robbins tickets for you. And what? I dropped my racket and, and um, just like lightning bolt went through my spine. I was like, what did you just say? And she goes, Tony Robbins, I used to work for his organization. Oh I get tickets God. for free every time he's in the area and he's going to be in Long Beach in two weeks. I'm like, I know. And she goes, make me a video. Do you want to go to Tony Robbins? I'll get. And I was like, who put you up to this? Ashton, <laughs> yeah. am I being punked? It was just this organic, like, yeah, I'll pay you in Tony. I didn't say, do you have Tony? Like, it was nothing to that. And that was the first time I got it got it that like this metaphor that I love of we have what we want and it's beautiful, have desires, have wants, have dreams, but it's the how that's the problem that we put it all within this tiny circumference of how it's going to be possible. And the only thing I had in my how was got to make enough money. And I, I, in that moment suspended how I, that's why I say F the how for now, right? Suspended how I thought it needed to happen and really surrendered to something bigger orchestrating in my behalf. And I could have never planned in a million years. Oh, I know. My friend that I haven't seen in six months will ask me to play tennis and then offer in exchange for videos where Tony Robbins says, that's how it will happen. And so often we're trying to white knuckle the plans of how we're going to get to where we want to go in our life and realizing that there is some divine intelligence at play that can be guiding certain circumstances and things. And we just kind of, a little bit more be along for the ride. I know it's hard for entrepreneurs because we're like, we love control. And that was like, okay, I'm in. And we went, you know, we still talk about those 20 years ago. And I was like, all right, I'm in. I don't know anything. I know nothing. And that really started a path for me. And everything I did to deepen that, I just continued to see evidence of it and in my life. And I was happier. The frustration, the anger, the impatience went away. Like I was just a happier person, but my life started working more. And it's been everything. And the only reason I started talking about it was because after I took my business to, I think it was 1.2 million a, a year with YouTube, I felt like I was being um, incongruent in a way because I kept saying, video is the thing that's going to change your business. 
And it was all this other stuff I was doing that was actually changing my business. I said, I can't not talk about these things. So when I did, and I released my podcast, the Mind Your Business Podcast in 2016, I had all this hate and I had all these one-star reviews. This guy's gone off the freaking deep end. <laughs> you can't build businesses with chakras and crystals and all that type of stuff. And, I, and again, I, I, that's where I started too. And that's totally fine. But something else came in. Something else took over that. And that was a principle I learned of we have to be willing to let go first if we want to let in. And it's so hard for us to let go. But when we do, I had to let go of something I had created that was working to let in something new that be, ultimately became 10, 11 times bigger. So did you walk on fire together? We did walk mm -hmm. on fire. That's the best. That was, you know, what was so great about that for me was it showed me how much fear was still in my life mm. and that you can, you can be afraid. But I got, I got to feel the in the body in integrated experience of feeling fear, but still going towards the Yes, path. totally. And we all have, will have to face that. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge, huge conversation about you. It's unavoidable, especially in life, but in a path of entrepreneurship that we have to conquer fear in this, mm -hmm. on this path. Yeah, fear has been a huge part of my journey. Like actually one of the biggest parts, fear, anxiety. I used to have panic attacks. Like it was a real thing. Did you really? Oh my gosh. Mm. I was homeschooled through high school. Like I didn't, it was the whole- Because uh, like- Social partially because of that, but also because of religious purposes. So it took someone who was already isolated and anxious and just like compounded. So my twenties, I was drinking, taking antidepressant pills, like just to go, even just to go out with friends. I was wow. nervous to speak. Yeah. It was crazy. So the fear thing is very it's it's very real, but I'm very familiar with it. So no matter what I do, it still accompanies me. But now I just know it's it's there and you can still do everything. What, with it. what level of that do you feel like is because you're really like sensitive and intuitive and you're kind of like picking up a bunch of other people? Yes, stuff. I'm a highly sensitive human. Yeah. And I used to think I couldn't handle what I do now because I'm like, I'm too sensitive to be able to be out in public. I'm too sensitive to write a book. I'm too sensitive to have a podcast. And you just learn how to insulate. And yeah, also you have, have to learn. People. It's a gift. You have to learn how to use the gift. Yes. And that's hard. Sure. And when you're like 20, you don't know how to use the gift. Yeah. I think that's really important for people to hear. I think especially people who probably listen to my podcast and I think your podcast too, because I think it's people who do have that, who are more sensitive, who are more intuitive, who, but those people can tend to, can be scarier because you can feel a oh, wider yeah. range of everything. Yeah. But I was the opposite. I was very dense, just so dense. And it's been an opening up to that. Whereas- a lot of people, you know, and like yourself, like you, you come a little bit more open and it's like, okay, now I got to learn how to manage this in the right way. And, yeah. and you don't know, you don't, no one told you. It's like, oh, by the way, some of you are going to have these like psychic gifts where you're just, you can just kind of sense people and, you know, you're not learning that in school. No. That's why we think it's nonsense because no. you didn't learn it. Instead, you're like, why am I feeling this way all the time? And then when I'm around all these people, it, it amplifies and all that. Yeah. There's a lot of people dealing with yeah. that. I'm still weird around people. Like it's still, it's so great. I have a friend who knows exactly how I am when I first get around people. And she's like, I go, it's like people will come over to my house and I will walk away from someone I just met to adjust the lights. So she always says to yeah. me, she's like, don't go adjusting the lights. You're, yeah. you're mean. Like, like I do weird things close. still yeah. to this day yeah. to try to cope with the initial like feeling of being uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's fun. But it's that's so funny fun that you say that too. Cause like, even when you're saying like, Oh, I've met so many people that know you, but we haven't really met. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, I have a really hard time around a lot of people all the time. And it's nothing about them. It's nothing about any, anybody. It's not, 
it's just, it's hard. It can be really challenging and it is. And we've become a little bit more hermits yeah. in mm-hmm. that regard. And the beauties of the internet, we can do it all from Isn't home. Isn't it so, so great? <laughs> yeah. That's why this is so important for people to hear is because I really did not think it was possible for me. So if I would have heard people like you talking about it earlier, I didn't, I didn't find you earlier though. If I would have heard it earlier, I think it would have given me permission and freedom to go and be like, okay, I, I can do it too. Because I thought everyone was just who was doing this was super extroverted and yeah, you know, I, loved hear, all the I still things. hear this all the time. Is it possible to do this if you're an introvert? And I say, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not an introvert. I worked, you said you geek out about these things. So have you met mm-hmm. Alex Palos yet? No, I'm going to connect you. Okay. We're going to have him on the show and you are going to thank me mm. so much <laughs> because this man is a, is a living genius. I read his book. It's a 650 page book. I share the, the title. It's called Recognizing People, but he took it off of Amazon. He won't sell it anymore because it's too powerful. He developed his own personality typing system that is unbelievable. Um, I bring him to my events. I've had him on my podcast numerous times. He's worked with me, my team, my organization, and he uses facial recognition. Like he can look at you and he can determine your personality type because a form follows function is the philosophy that how your brain gets developed manifests in the body, how you walk, your gait, how you move, your facial features, all of that, right? My God, Lindsay Schwartz told me about him. Yep. So, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes so okay. Lindsay knows of him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, great. So he says there's some things with like the Myers-Briggs, which I really originally prescribed to. I thought I was an INTJ for anybody who's a geek about that. And the first thing we get on a call and he warns you and he goes, you're going to have like an identity crisis when we talk, because the biggest problem is that when people get into the world of personality types, they, they're in a massive level of self-distortion. But this technology doesn't lie because it's based on your face, not how you feel in the moment. And so I told him I'm INTJ and he goes, no. No, not even close. Really? He said, you're an ENFJ. The closest thing I can type you is an ENFJ. I'm like, oh, hell no. I am not one of those loud, obnoxious extroverts, right? I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. And he said, he asked me one question that, that shut me up and put me in place. He goes, when you learn something new, are you compelled to share it with others? And I said, yeah. And he goes, introverts don't do that. He goes, it's people think introvert just means kind of shy, quiet, and reserved. And he goes, no, it's the words he usually is, is introgized or extragize, which is extragize is I want my energy to go out, even if it's to a small group. And introgize means I, I don't even know that you're here in the room. Like I'm so in my own world. I don't even know that there's other humans in the room. And he goes, introverts are actually super rare. And he brought to one of my events, a real introvert. And he's like, that's a real introvert. And you're like, oh. And so what he said is there's two types of extroverts. There's inhibited and disinhibited. And the inhibited is me and you. We're a little more reserved. You know, we're just like, hold back a little bit. I'm not going to just like be the loudest person in the room or anything like that. Where the disinhibited is the stereotypical extrovert that we hear. So all that to say, when people say, is this possible to build this type of business when you're an introvert and say, let's put that aside and say, do you have a desire that when you learn and apply something, you want to share it? If the answer is yes, then the answer is yes, you can do that. And introvert, extrovert, all that stuff aside doesn't matter. And I am actually in my personal life, a very reserved, quiet person. I don't like the spotlight. I don't want attention. I actually 
think I've had more success because I don't want attention. I'm not doing this because I want to be the best at something or because I want attention or significance. I actually don't like that. In fact, part of the reason I struggle for so long is I was trying to be the behind the scenes guy to make other people successful. And they kept doing it so badly. I was like, fuck, I'll do this myself (laughs) then if you can't do this. And it was like a reluctancy. But I think that's beautiful because it's like, if you're doing it from, because I'm compelled to, I, I, I have to, I, my, I need to, I want to help, you're going to go so much further. And it doesn't matter if you're the most loud, popular, funny, entertaining. It's just like, you're just being you. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to share with you that this podcast, Earn Your Happy, is now a part of the Growth Day Podcast Network. Truly, this is like one of the most exciting things that has ever happened to me. I'm telling you, I no longer feel like I'm doing this alone. And I actually get to collaborate with the people who host the podcast that I'm obsessed with, like that I have been listening to myself, who inspired me to start a podcast, who have taught me about how to go and do the thing. Like the original people who got me motivated through listening to their podcasts. You guys, a bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and to support shows and brands that we believe in. And one of my friends are also on this network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to their show. You guys, I just had Danielle Canty on of the Boss Babe podcast. She co-hosts it with her other amazing co-host and one of my friends, Natalie Ellis. You guys, you can go check out that podcast on mine. It's episode 925 and Danielle and I talk all about burnout and how that could be showing up in your life and most importantly, how to prevent it. But I want to tell you, if you have not gone and checked out the Boss Babe podcast yet, go subscribe because it is one of the largest online communities for ambitious women and female entrepreneurs. And I know that if you're listening to the show, chances are that's probably you. You guys, they have 3.6 million followers and 380,000 subscribers. The Boss Babe podcast is the place where they share real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance and learning how to balance it all. Most of all, you guys, truly these women are in my life. Danielle and Natalie are people that I text on a weekly, monthly basis when I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel stuck. What should I do? I tune into their podcast, you guys, to learn. Even though they're my friends, I am still like crazy obsessed with this podcast because I learn something new every single time I listen. It makes me be a better podcaster. It makes me be a better businesswoman. It just makes me be better and more confident out in the world because they're so real and raw. And I can tell you that in the moments where I have had horrible days, down days, I've either gone and listened to this podcast or I've texted them because these are the people who truly get it. You want to listen to the people who are walking in the same footsteps that you are. You guys go check out the boss babe podcast you're not going to be sorry and it's just gonna like make you way smarter and you're gonna have way more fun so go check it out hey y'all if you didn't know earn your happy is now a part of the growth day podcast network this is so exciting to me because i have been looking for a really good home for the show for 
I can't even tell you, years, literally. And now I've finally been able to come together and collaborate with other people who have incredible shows and I want to share them with you. One of the shows is Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. And you guys, if you don't know about the beginning of my career, I literally started with Brennan Bouchard's work. It's how I launched one of my very first online courses and membership sites was because he gives so much advice that you can integrate and implement immediately. And that's what you're going to get on the show. Not just motivation, but you're going to learn exactly how to get your stuff out in the world. And not just that, but Brennan runs in the most incredible group of humans who are really doing the thing out in the world that you want to be doing. So go check it out. Go subscribe to motivation with Brennan Bouchard. I promise you this is going to be one of those shows that no matter when you tune in, you're going to get value. Like it's not one of those that you're like, God, I listened for 30 minutes and I didn't get what I wanted. Like from the beginning, you're going to get something that changes your life or changes your business. So go check it out. Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. I know you're going to love it. I'm obsessed. Okay. I love this. So I kind of want to take this spiritual part of it. I want to take what you just talked about and yes, we're going to talk about seven figure launches, but I want to talk about it from, <laughs> Fine, from, we'll get to that eventually someday. I looked at the clock. I'm like, I did promise them, didn't I? Part I, I want to talk about exactly. I want to talk about it from the standpoint of who do you have to start to be and how do you have to even start to think in order to even start to have that as a goal in your life. Let's say you're in a business right now. I think there's a lot of people in that range of maybe there's 50K to six figures right now. And then I think that there's like multiple kind of like, yeah. just like with a guitar, there's yeah. multiple walls you kind of yes. have to get over. Yeah. So can you tell me just a little bit about that path, maybe mindset spiritually, where do you need to be in order to start thinking about a seven figure launch? What must have already happened at this point is the same type of things that I said I let go of, which is any of the need to be, to look good, to be liked, to have any importance on any opinion of anybody has to be gone at this point. Okay. That has to be, has to be gone. And what also has to be there is hopefully this is in place here at this point, but massive level of, of ownership in your expertise. You got to own it. Like, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Not from an ego place, but just like, you just have to own it. It's, you don't talk with a level of, and if you don't, like people say, what if I don't? It's like, then go freaking do that. Go like, what if it. I don't have mm-hmm. enough testimony as results? Then go get them. Like, go do that. And then it's like, how many, how many clients getting re- that you got results for do you need before you like, okay, I know what I'm talking about. So go do that and, and then show that you own it because there's a law there's a lot of laws and principles in business and marketing. You violate them just like you violate law of gravity or law of attraction. Then you're, you know, it's not going to end well for you. So there's a law called the law of preeminence or law of authority, which is a fact. This is universal. People don't buy content, information, and coaching from people they don't already perceive as an authority. There is no way around it. Trust me, I tried. I created a dumb business called Reality Mastermind. You can Google this. It still exists, which is when I was starting. This is in 2008. I said, you're going to watch me as I learn how to build a business and pay me. No one bought. I don't, I don't know why no one bought <laughs> because I wasn't an authority. Why would mm-hmm. I pay you to watch you learn? You don't know anything. People want to buy from the best. They want to buy from the expert, the person who knows what they're talking about. 
And so if you're not locked in, in your power of owning your expertise, and by the way, being an expert in authority is not the same as being the best. That's a, that's a fool's errand. I never focus on that. I just focus on, do I know what I'm talking about? Is, is what I'm talking about helping people? Does, will it help people? Yes. Great. That's all that matters. Period. And it's not about being the best. Okay. It's just about, do I help people? Is this helping? And do I care what other people think or what they'll say or what they'll do? If you've worked through those, you're already going to be powerful from in terms of your own being. The next thing that's going to have to happen, I would say at that level, if you really have those, gosh, it kind of comes a few things. There's probably some control you're going to have to give up. The control that we have within the business, I need to be a part of everything because you usually there's a lot of moving parts in a seven-figure launch. So if it's all you all the time being doing all the things, it's going to be the most stressful, stressful experience. So you'll need some people with you, helping you. And so that requires you to let go and have trust in them and be now more of a leader. So being a leader is a whole nother conversation. Entrepreneurs are really bad at it. And that's one of the reasons why they get stuck. That's why they have awful experiences when they start hiring teams because great entrepreneurs make the worst leaders. And I can prove it to you because the qualities that people say are the best traits in what made someone successful, quick starter, fast action taker, ability to adapt and change. Teams hate that stuff. (laughs) They hate that. And so you're making last minute decisions Mm -hmm. and changes and want all the credit and hold on to all of it and still lean a team. The team's going to hate you for that. And so I had to change a lot of that along the way. And then I'll just throw in the only other thing. And it's kind of like the bridge between the internal to the external is there's a level of commitment, consistency, discipline, and stubbornness. When I did the beta of the launch that became a multiple seven-figure launch, it's 25 people paying 500 bucks. That's how it started. Okay. And then I relaunched it and it did 200,000 in sales, but that was with an already huge audience. It was way below my expectations. This is where people say, oh, it failed or I suck or I'm a loser. And they go into their meanings and their interpretations. So I, I'm, I'm a lot better today about not getting into those stories. And what does it mean? They don't love me. That's why they didn't buy. And we internalize and we personalize something, so much of this stuff. And instead I said, I got to figure this out and I got to relaunch it and I got to do it again. And there's a slide I share at my events and it's the graph of time over sales with this one product. And obviously it's a hockey stick. So it's like low, 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 low. And then it just shoots up. But it didn't shoot up for like the eighth or ninth time and I did it. And that's because every single time that in the trench experience gave me data points, it gave me feedback, it gave me experience, it gave me insight. Said, how do I make this better? How do I improve this? And I just obsessed over it. And when I tell people how much I obsessed over just the messaging and the offer itself, it's like, I would never do that. It's like, yeah, and you'd never have $6 million launches. But I spent seven months obsessing over the language, the copy, the scripting of our original video series, which is like me with a Harry Potter broomstick and all that type of stuff. Months and months to unlock this. Like, how do I make this unique? How do I make this different? How do I make this blow people's minds and help them in a way they didn't even know they needed help? And I would look over every word, every distinction, every tool of creating frameworks and new terminology and better way. There's got to be a better way I can teach this. And then a lot of what I do is there's this whole concept. I call it the guardian of the mind. People are experiencing this right now as they listen, where it's that little voice in your head says, do I agree with that? Does that make sense? I've heard something different. That's not true. Disagree. False. Fake news. And that little guardian in your mind 
is rejecting new and different information from someone who has what you want that you've been trying but not getting yourself. And you keep saying, no, it conflicts with my model of the world. So it must be false. Reject, reject, reject. And I got really good. This would be another episode for another time, but I got really good at how to get past people's guarding of their minds. And it's a hard process because people, I mean, like I said before, like you can be teaching someone and they, they listen much more with their eyes than their ears. So you teach them, you give them 10 things and they don't, it comes in one ear and out the other. And it's because on a level we're deleting or distorting it. And so when you can bypass that and actually have a new conflicting, it's like this conflicts and threatens my existing world, but they sit with it and then say, but I see how this makes sense. You literally have to give me one. You have to give me one little thing that we can kick past the guardian. I'll give an example of things that I say, and then I'll give you an example of what I do to get, to get past it. And I wrote a, I wrote a PDF. I'd love if you want to give it to your people, no opt-in or anything, but I wrote a book. I want this PDF. So yes. And it's called (laughs) hardwired for entrepreneurship. And what it does is the book is sharing with you my argument that the successful entrepreneurs are successful because they think differently. And so every example is an example of how they think differently and see the world. It's how you see business determines what's possible. So this is where we're going to start. This is going to lay the foundation. How you see anything determines what's possible. The beautiful thing is change the way you see things and the things, the things you see change. So if you see selling as sleazy or slimy or yucky or bad, how you see selling First of all, that isn't what selling is. That's how it occurs to you. Will determine your actions, your behaviors, and choices. So how you see something determines what's possible. So everything that I'm doing is always in my coaching and in my teaching is always always designed to do one thing: change the way they see something. And when you change the way it occurs to you differently, and you occur differently through the experience of it. So we could have an entire conversation of of how to get selling to occur differently to somebody. So if right now I go, I, I know what you're thinking. You might be sitting there going, selling is, is sleazy. The first thing I do is I acknowledge it. Selling feels sleazy. You know why it feels sleazy? Because we've all had an experience of being sold to and it felt sleazy. But I'd like you to consider that you've also had experiences where you enjoyed the selling process. We've all waited in line for some exciting product like an iPhone overnight. And we didn't say that was sleazy. So was it that selling is sleazy or that they're just sleazy people? that use a tool called selling the wrong way. And when I look back at my career and I look at the testimonials and the feedback, the results from my clients, the keyword is clients, 99%, this is true, 99% of any result or testimonial or case study came from my paying customers. Not the freebie seekers, not the people that got the free report, not the people that attended the webinar and kicked off as soon as the pitch came, but from the paying customers. Why is that? I'm going to tell you why that is. It's a couple things, but the first thing is something magical happens. The moment you say, I'm going to help you finally solve this problem, and here's how much it's going to cost. People are so obsessed with money and have put so much unfortunate importance on it. And I'm sure you've heard this quote. I love this, that it's the people that don't have money that tend to put the importance on it, which is why people that have a lot of money have the money that they have because they don't put that importance on it. But all of a sudden, Lori's going to tell me, she's inviting me to make a change and solve a problem in my life, but there's there's a paywall. So what does that force me to do? It forced me to think about, do I want this? Am I going to do this? Do I have what it takes? How ready am I? How willing am I? And we have to stew in that. 
And when I end up paying you, that is an action in the body that is followed up by the being saying, yes, I'm ready to change. And that's why I say the transformation always begins with the transaction. When people don't pay, they don't pay attention and we don't value free. So when you start to understand that if you just gave everything away for free and didn't sell, you were doing the mass, most massive disservice in the world because you're trying to skip over this beautiful come to Jesus moment where I have to look at everything and say, am I willing to do this? Am I ready to do this? Am I capable to do this? Yes, I am. And you want to rob people of that because you're worried about looking slimy and then you wonder why your business isn't growing. Well, there you go, right? And so that's me doing that. I'm working with you and I'll take the time that it takes to change your perspective so that we leave this conversation not seeing selling as something slimy or sleazy, but as a service, as a environment, as a gateway to transform someone's life. And until you're there, you ain't going to make any money. So you can continue to have your perspective. And I honor that and respect that. But what I don't respect is you thinking you can continue to have that perspective, but then make a ton of money in business or help a lot of people. You can't. can't have your cake and eat it too. So that was me doing that in action. Someone would have to go rewind and listen to see what I was doing. But I'll tell you, my, my big thing is, is everything I, I love to do is I love logic. And all of that was logic. And people keep saying, you got to sell with emotion. Emotion is selling. I say, I disagree completely. I think it is logic evokes emotion. And when you say something that just makes sense, people go, oh, that just clicks something into place. And wow. And so people, unfortunately, when they try to sell or sell anything in any way, whether it's themselves or free stuff or their paid stuff, they just start talking about emotion words. Are you frustrated and sad and depressed and you hate your life? Well, I'm going to help you. And oh my gosh, here's my money, right? But when I start to put logic to it, like, doesn't it make sense? I mean, that was a very logical observation that I made. I said, you know, I look back at my career and 99% of anybody that's given me any type of result of, I learned from you and you helped me was a pain customer. That's just a fact. That's, that's called logic. And I don't get those from people that don't pay. And that's because they're skipping that step where they say, I'm in and I put skin in the game. So that's how I'm, I'm doing that. I hope that answered that. It was oh, more yeah. of like a demonstration. Of no, it. I love that because that's really, we can apply that too. And also, as you were talking, I could literally go back to every single time that I've had a transaction breakthrough yes. in my life. Yeah. I was trying to think of the things that I'm like, oh yeah, that was a really big breakthrough. And yes, I've had them with books and podcasts, but when I've really, truly broken through and done yeah. the thing, yeah. done the thing, it's because I put the money down, went to the thing, maybe set a date, like really fully showed up and made a commitment. Yes. And it's not to say that we don't get value from other yes, things that totally. are free. It's that there's certain problems that have become big problems in our lives that are they're perpetual problems. It's just, this is just, I can't go away. And it's been, it's been two years of this and it's, it's big and it's heavy and I've tried everything. And those are the ones where it's like, yeah, because there's something probably we've been unwilling to let go of and try differently. And if you're just hopping around, you may not get what you're looking for that way. But when you do get into a world where you're like, you know, I've learned how to self-coach myself. And, and so you kind of like, you let that guardian of the mind take a lunch break and you can receive and learn and grow faster once you kind of learn how to do that yourself. And then anything becomes a lesson. Oh, I'm just having these moments of like, 
I feel whatever you want to call it, but it's like the universe, God, whatever. It's it's like uses cash as a buy-in to see if you're committed. It's really interesting. It's like well, it's just this thing that we've decided to put to put mm -hmm. value on. That's the commitment thing that we use and have always used. Yeah, there is a spiritual principle. It's a sacred law called Aini. It's the sacred law of reciprocity, and. This to me, I will say a disclaimer, I don't know this fully and I don't practice this fully because it goes much more vast than my human brain understanding. But if you started to practice this and put this in place, anybody listening is going to transform your life. And if you, the first place you can go is you can look to nature in this. There is a harmony in nature and there's a harmony with us when we're interacting with nature. And that is, I need the reciprocity. There is a balancing of the scales. There is a, an equal exchanges of energy. And a lot of us are in survival mode. That's fine. Where when you're in survival mode, it's about receive, get, obtain, conquer, hoard, right? So when you do that from that energy, it's all in, 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 and nothing out. So you think you're fixing your solutions or saving your your life or whatever, but you're actually violating a massive spiritual underpinning that will hurt you more in the long run. And when you begin to look at it as money is just the way that we get to exchange energy, you're going to pay me and I'm going to offer, that's your energy to me. And in exchange, I'm going to offer something. It's just how we exchange our energies. But if it's just all me, no you, and, and all me in every area with my friends, my family, my relationships with my clients, you will watch your life work less and less and less. But if you become the steward of this balance and you start to look for ways in which it is out of balance and it goes both ways, Lori, because there are people in your life that take more from you and you keep giving to them and they keep taking. But that's on us as well. That's on us to put up a boundary and say, I understand you're in a hard time. You keep asking for money or whatever. This is not a real example, folks. I'm just making up a a, a made up one that's not really Lori. But I can't offer you any more until this has to stop. You know, I have to put up a boundary here. So this goes both ways. Are we allowing people in our lives to take more and tip the scales? That will still affect you because you're you're violating that reciprocity and it's and it's both ways. So I'm always looking to balance it. Like you bringing me on your show. Well, that's, I, I mean, there's a, there's a reciprocity to it. It's like, Hey, I got content. Hopefully it's okay. But it's, it's, it's a value to me, right? I get to be introduced to new people and I could sit there and say, that was your idea. This was you reaching out to me. This is, I'm so grateful. I want to make sure I return that, that energy. I want to make sure I re- am reciprocal with that. I don't want to just be like, yeah, who else can I get to, to put a spotlight on me? And, and that's what a lot of people are doing. You balance that in every area of your life, it amplifies. Guaranteed to try that for 30 days and prove me wrong. And that's how I try to look at it. And selling is just the exchange of energies. But I think so many people think of seven-figure launches. They want it. They see it. But a lot of people aren't even close to being there yet to even start yeah. thinking about it. You know, and- there's just a question to ask is like, figure out how many people that is. Okay. And let's say it's like, it's 2,000 people or something. Okay. Are you ready for 2,000 people right now? In every way, not not just like mentally, emotionally, um, but that is how to hold a container and a space for people is is a muscle to develop. And then also the infrastructure. Do you have a customer support rep so that if 14 people in, in one hour reach out, do you have that in place or is it still you? So a lot of people haven't created the container that sets that up. So I have a, a really weird metaphor, if you don't mind me sharing really quickly. I it's love a, it's a pot metaphor, it's but it's not like 
the pot that your listeners are thinking. It's a planted pot metaphor. And it's, I, I just like, it's how I looked at growing my business and I hope it helps. So you put a plant in the pot, maybe in the backyard, because I know you guys are, are putting some, some plants in there. I forgot. Chris told me what it was. The, uh, the, the the lime trees. You guys put okay. a little lime yep. trees. We're going to get real specific and okay. relatable here. Right? Lime trees. We're putting a little <laughs> lime tree in the pot. And it's really interesting because the pot becomes the home, the container that holds the lime tree. Without the container, we would have no soil, no root system, and the water and the fertilizer, right? So it, it, it homes the container of the tree. Without, if the pot just broke, the plant would probably start to die. But at a certain point, the very thing that be- becomes the container that holds the plant, the, the, the lime tree in this example, becomes the very thing that constricts its growth. Because at one point or another, the root system hits the edge of the pot and it's, it's growing too much for the, the size of the pot and it stunts its growth. And a lot of us, this is where we are. We want to go further, faster, bigger, and we're still in our little damn teeny tiny pot. And so what people do is they have it backwards, conditional. And they say, well, once I get a bigger lime tree, I'll get a bigger pot. But you've already reached the edge of the pot. The secret to growing the lime tree at this point is we need a bigger pot first. Restaurants know this. They know that if they want to grow their business, they get a bigger space with more tables and more people come. It's this law of vacuum. The universe has to fill the empty space. So create a bigger space and it will come. Create a, If you want a, a million dollar launch and that requires 2,000 people, do you, have you already created the space to serve 2,000 people and they will come? But other people, everyone else is just like reactive. Like, well, I'll do all that once I get that. And it's like, you need to tell yourself, the universe, whatever, I'm ready for it and here it is. So hopefully that my pot metaphor makes sense. Oh my sense. God, I loved it. I was just thinking about even with events that I've done, I've been like, okay, well, I'm going to book the room of the number of the people that I want. And guess what I do? I show up and I fill it to that That's number, exactly to that exact number. About. Yes. And if I went smaller, I would think you that it was, yeah. yeah, it would have felt like a stretch to get to that number. So whenever we thought about it in terms of events, I'm like, well, we're going to fill whatever we choose because we're going to, we're, our actions are going to work backwards from that. Entrepreneurs are very future oriented and they work backwards from, and the, the universe does not like a, a, a void that fills mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have any space, there's nothing to fill. Oh, it's the call your shop thing. It yeah, really is. It is. It's just, it, so last question, what are you personally working on right now? Something that you want to be better at that you're really focusing on. It's always multiple things, I think. I, I mean, I mentioned the guitar, so I don't want to mention that again. But that has been my biggest discipline right now is like learning music theory kind of blew my mind. And that that broke me through that, other, that next plateau is I stopped trying to memorize songs and chords and stuff and tabs. And I started learning music theory and the the science behind behind all of that. That's a big thing. The spiritual path that I'm on is a really intense, hard one. I just got out of a, a two and a half year divorce that was... Well, yeah, hands down, the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. There's no, no question about it. It was really hard. All through, like, my dad was dying at the same time. And then, like, so much change in my, in my life and my, my business. And one of the things that my mentor said is he said, what a pity. Uh, most people only face one battle their whole life. And what a pity. And when we choose a path of, of, of entrepreneurship, 
It's the same thing like when we chose an AP class in high school. It's like, you're going to learn the same thing, but I'm going to learn it faster and it's going to be a little harder, but I'm here for it. And I think that's what we're doing when we're choosing these, these paths like getting married or having a family and starting a business. Is it's, just, it's just like an accelerated learning class. And every day is a, is a new lesson. I've had, to, I've had to learn how to conquer fear. You know, when you're faced with all of that, it's really scary. I've had to, I've had to learn about what love is and unconditional love. And there's a funny joke that no one wants to mention with, with entrepreneurs and relationships. There's just a very, there's a lot of them that are divorced. And one of the things that I think is so cosmically funny about that is because in this life, to make a relationship work, you have to depend on another human being. And in our businesses as entrepreneurs, we get to say, I'm doing it myself. If it must be done right, it must be, you know, it's up to me. It must be, or when all that type of stuff and no one's going to do it. And so we'd have all this control and this, I can do it. And, and I was a very lone wolf solo person. Growing up. So that's been a lot of my own, my own growth. So like let go and trust others and, and wow, to do that in a relationship is, is hard for so many of us. And there's, there is no way that one person alone can make a relationship great. This is impossible. It, it takes two. And that's the beauty of it. That's the wow, humbling thing. It's like you can be all you or none you, but it, it's going to require both to go through all of that and to like learn so many lessons and, and come out the other end and like be so proud of myself or how much growth I've had because a lot of these things take us down and we take our business down with it. And that was decisions back to that intent. I was like, I'm, I'm going to keep living my life and I'm going to make all of this a blessing, not a curse. So I think I'm always just working on my, on myself in any way and hopefully becoming a better person. Uh, so that path and, and that I'm on is, is a, is a discipline and it takes, it takes a lot of time and, and a lot of, a lot of effort, but it's, it's been a lot of growth. With that. Mm -hmm. And then I play guitar. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then guitar as well. Yeah, yeah. And that helps. That helps oh, with all of so, those other things. Gosh, it really is like so fun. And my sister just started playing too because she was watching my videos on Instagram. Mm. She's like, I'm going to do it. That's how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Damn Instagram. We're going to play all the Instagram. Damn Instagram. I, know. I can play the tambourine really well. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I believe it. I believe <laughs> it's it. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yep. Give me a beat. Harmonica, right on tambourine. It. Let's yep. go. Yeah. Maybe not harmonica, but tambourine. There we go. One beat. <laughs> all right. I'm so grateful for you. This was so oh, much fun. That was my intention. Like, I just want to have fun. I want to get to know them and I want to have fun. Yeah, so thank you so that. much. It should and be fun. For anybody who loved this, I know they want to go listen to your podcast. So where can we listen to your podcast? Yeah. What is it? Yeah, my podcast is the Mind Your Business podcast. I just searched it recently and there's like 15 Mind Your Business podcasts now. Oh. Um, that's a lot, but mine has my face on it and it says James Wedmore. <laughs> I don't let things like that bother me. No, I, they'll find you. Yeah. So we just said, we just came out with our 600th episode. I think it's jumping anywhere. I talk about all kinds of things. We have fun over there too. So yeah, that's how you're on this podcast. I ended up listening to well, a bunch of your podcasts and I was like, I like this guy. He is making me laugh out loud on this walk. So we're going to, that's good. That I appreciate I was that. Right over there. That's the goal. Around, if folks. I can get a, if I can get a laugh out of somebody on my show, that makes me uh, I like that you laugh. I like that you can laugh at yourself yeah. too. I that do a lot was, of impressions. I'm really good this at is great. Well, I don't think I'm good at them, but I do a lot of, but he just does them. Everyone. I just do he them. Just, yeah, that's yeah, like just, me with singing. I don't know if I'm good, but I'm going to do it for you. So yeah. you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> I am not good at singing. So that will not happen on my show. Ever. I mean, you should try it. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I, I care enough about my listeners and their Still ears. <laughs> Still got to do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. But as far as your masterminds and your courses as well, because truly everybody listening, I want you to know that this is the person whose name comes up in the room with experts all the time. As the person to go to, to take the courses, to model after. So where can we find all that? Oh gosh, it's all hidden. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's no. That's that's the best part. No one can find yeah, you. We do do a mastermind. I mean, there, I have a website. I think jameswebmer.com is the website, and that has um, all your classes. It has pretty much kit. all the things. I do a mastermind. It's it's once a year. It's for people like already at the seven figure level. It's like a crazy intense application process, and we do that like November December. But there is like a link to raise your hand on there if you're interested, and then. Once a year, and it's it's June every year, I open the doors to my signature program, which is basically like, it's just where I put everything that I teach. It's all our processes and our training and whatnot. That's business by design. And businessbydesign.net is like the wait list for that. But you can't buy that right now. It's not available. But thanks Keep for it, asking. Yeah. I mean, that's really nice of you. Well, to- wait lists are awesome. We're yeah. good with those. Well, we have a wait list process inside the program. We teach people how to create that and build momentum for their first launch, you know? So I practice what we preach and and we do everything. There's a reason why we do everything, you know? We teach you how to do it. So yeah, mm-hmm. seven-figure launches. Yep. Wasn't that great? Do it. Do it. Wasn't this the deepest you've yeah. ever gone about Let's, a seven-figure yeah, launch? Yeah, that's hilarious. It's like, it was like, <laughs> we're going to talk all about seven-figure launches. It's like, yeah, just do it, you know? Do you know Just, now why I'm like, you're like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, we're, I, don't, I don't know. We're just going to go. Because okay? you don't want to make promises exactly. that you don't fulfill. On. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Seven figure launches. Uh, what, what's I your wanted, biggest secret? Just do one, I, I guess. I wanted freedom to be like, what? where are we going with this? Okay. So I'm so, so grateful. And you guys, if you want to let him know what your biggest takeaway was, I think it's always so nice to see who was listening. Go follow him. Go look at all his stuff. Go get on his wait list. Get on the wait list and play guitar while you're at it. That's yeah, gonna... show me a song you want me to learn. Because I every week I post on my Instagram stories the new song I'm trying to learn. Eagles, Hotel California. No, that's you like three guitars at once. I've looked into I know. it. It's... I started to play it too, and I could only get like the very uh-huh. beginning. Yeah, maybe the solo. I'd play okay. one of the solos that, that, I, that I'm willing to learn. But... Okay. All right. Well, he won't actually play what you want him to play. Ah! So it's fine. I'll have my reason, all my excuses. All right. So until next time, everyone, earn your happy. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. 
then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you want to create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're going to customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers use this and now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com.